Coming up, we'll talk about ways to save money on your next Disney Cruise Line vacation. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 693, for the week of April 1st, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. You can receive up to a $1,000 shipboard credit when you book your next Disney cruise with Dreams Unlimited Travel. To find out more, visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. <clears throat> so hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live, live for real this time, from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I am your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Kathy Whirling. Corey Martin, back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producer, Craig Williams, and joining us for this segment via Skype, cruise expert and Dreams Unlimited Travel agent extraordinaire. Uber agent. Uber agent. <laughs> Tracy Heinrichs, joining yeah. us from the frozen tundra in Canada, where she is in hiding. <laughs> From an undisclosed location. <laughs> an undisclosed location. <laughs> yes. Um, in this segment, we are going to talk about... Uh, I've got to turn off the live stream feed that I'm looking at here. Um, it's very distracting when it's yeah. like, you know, 10 seconds behind us. Um, in this segment, we are going to talk about uh, some ways to save money on your Disney Cruise Line vacation. And starting out, I just kind of want to point out that uh, with Disney Cruise Line... Uh, there's not a lot of discounts. Very rarely uh, do discounts happen. Every so often you may get lucky here or there. <clears throat> but saving money on a Disney cruise vacation is actually more about strategy than it is about an event that happens, that all of a sudden this particular cruise is on sale. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today is that are different strategies and different things you should be aware of to help you get the best price possible for a Disney cruise vacation. Um, so that's one of the reasons we wanted to have uh, Tracy on the show with us. She sells an enormous number of Disney Cruise vacations. She's like this like little walking computer type person of Disney Cruise Line information. Is that a fair assessment, Tracy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> poor Tracy. Poor Tracy is uh, uh, like many of our agents is. Uh, uh, I don't know where you're going with well, this. Recovering, re- recovering from the release yes. of the 2015 right. cruises that happened uh, just a few days ago, and uh, it was uh, it was a very busy time at uh, at Dreams Unlimited. Now, for the uh, uh, for the sake of uh, full disclosure, John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited, so want to make sure we put that out there. I think most of you know that, but there may be some people watching who don't. So. We want to make sure that we are upfront about our financial relationship with Dreams and Dreams' financial relationship with Disney Cruise Line. Uh, with that said, it puts us in a very good position to know what some of the best strategies are in terms of saving money and getting the most bang for your buck. Uh, before I let these guys do their thing, there is one website I do want to point people to because I just kind of stumbled upon it not too long ago. Although the folks on our cruise board have known about it for quite some time. 
excuse me, it's called cruisefish.net. And uh, it's a very unique service. Uh, you buy credits. Those credits are used to watch a particular category stateroom on a particular sailing on a particular cruise line. So let's say on a particular date. So let's say you're interested in a category seven stateroom on the fantasy for February of 2015, just for argument's sake. You would buy credits on cruisefish.net, which I believe are 99 cents each, and they go. the price goes down the more credits you buy. And for that 99 cents, they will watch through their, their system, they will watch the price on that stateroom and send you alerts and send you updates if the price changes. Um, and uh, it's interesting because in some of the Disney Cruise ones I looked at, you can kind of see the history of it. And sometimes they do drop down and then they go back up again. So... Um, I wanted to make sure that I pointed that out to folks. So cruisefish.net, we'll have a link to that in the show notes page, disunplugged.com, where we have links to that and everything else we talk about in uh, in our shows. Um, but uh, I thought that was a, a, a cool, cool tool to use for... One of the things I found interesting on that site, it's actually part of their free service, is you can see... Uh, you can pick a ship and a sail date and see what staterooms are still available. Oh. So they'll yeah. say, you know, those suites are obviously sold out. They sell out first. But they'll say, you know, there's a five. There's a five, there's These five A's are still available. These, you know, seven A's. So that was kind of cool, too. Yeah, it's a very cool service. Very cool service. So let's start off with you, John. What right. do you uh, What do you recommend as some of the strategies people should keep in mind? You're absolutely right. This is about strategy. This isn't about getting a discount, per se, on a Disney Cruise Line vacation. It's not like World, where a pin code will come out or something like that. Sort of a Cruise 101. Uh, most people who book a Disney Cruise already know this, but Disney Cruise Line works off of tier pricing. The uh, most, the lowest price you're going to get for anything will usually be the first day that cruises are available to be sold. So that first day that cruises are open for a period of time will be your best pricing in general. And we'll talk about the exceptions to that in a little bit. But as the ship falls, gets full, as it fills up, and um, the stateroom categories fill up, pricing will go up as availability lowers. So that's sort of the general idea of booking Disney Cruise Line. Um, one of the big things we get is people want to know, you know, oh, I remember that my parents sailed and you know if you wanted to sail within a week you can get a stateroom for $99 that's not Disney Cruise Line no um, and I don't think that's most cruise lines at this point some no. of them out there are still doing things like that last minute sales but that is definitely not Disney Cruise Line so you know something you want to watch out for there's an exception to the book early thing and that's this IGT VGT OGT category stateroom that disney has invented the gt stands for guarantee i is interior o is outside or ocean uh, is outside is o is ocean view ocean view and v is veranda and this is disney's sort of answer to filling a ship that's not exactly full and there are certain uh, uh, terms and restrictions for these fares that make it kind of Again, a strategy to book. 
this isn't something that's, you know, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a VGT and I'm going to be happy. Um, they're released after final payment is due on a cruise. So it means if you've already held a stateroom, you can't get this rate on your current booking. You can't move a current reservation. And final payment on a cruise takes place how many days in advance? Depending on the stateroom, Tracy. If it's a regular sailing, it's 75 days prior to sailing date. If it's one of these specialty ones, something that goes out of Vancouver or something out of Europe, those are usually 120 days prior. And a suite can be out as well 90 to 120 days prior. So at that time is when you might see these special rates come out. They're not guaranteed to come out. They're not. There's no real rhyme or reason to them except that you have a better chance in off-season when the ships aren't going out full. So effectively, once they've once they've done, done final payment for a sailing, so let's say going out of Port Canaveral on a seven-night Caribbean on the Fantasy, 75 days before that sailing, final payment is done. Everybody on that sailing has now made their final payment. That is when they're going to open up these guarantee staterooms? And sooner, to, and closer to sale date as well, because they're within a penalty phase, and the penalties will also vary and things like that. So if uh, so, so basically, uh, I lost what I was going to say. Never mind. If okay. you're willing to travel, if you're willing to sort of either take a risk and wait, that's when, it, that's when these come into play, or you're willing to do a last-minute, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, trip. A trip that's closer to sailing, you might get these. Again, and no rhyme or reason, no guarantee they will come out on any sailing. So please don't hang your hat on getting these. Rates. Right. These are basically, if by final payment they haven't filled the ship, they've got staterooms they've got to fill, and this is how they're going to do it. What kind of? I mean, how much of a difference is it in terms of in terms of price? And some sailings it could be significant. And some sailings it could be a, a good discount. It could be thirty, forty percent, if not more. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing about them is typically we're seeing them, I would say on average, 30 to 45 days before sailing. Hmm. And when they come out, it's because if they come out earlier than that, where people are only losing their deposit, sometimes it's still worth mm-hmm. canceling what you've got and going with one of these. It'll still the be cheaper. can yeah. be that much. Wow. So that's just something that your agent's going to watch for you when it happens, and you're going to decide with your agent if it's worth it. Keep in mind, if you cancel what you have and you rebook, that new... Uh, cruise is a brand new reservation, so you would have lost anything on online that you booked. You would have lost any dining or Palo or excursions you booked. If you had main dining and is no longer available, that's gone too. So they really are meant for the person who's going to book last minute. They've got last minute availability, and they're making a brand new reservation. The biggest thing to keep in mind with these, they are 100% non-refundable, non-changeable. Um, you have the option of interior, ocean view, or veranda, but that is the end of your options. Okay. So wherever your stateroom is, it's yours. You can't change it once it's been assigned. You can't have. You can't say, um, I don't like that one, I want the one down the hall. You give up all control to Disney. Um, uh, just want to point out that when you book it, payment is due in full and is non-refundable so even if you change your mind you're stuck can't get any money back uh yeah you definitely want to get insurance if you're getting one of these it in general cannot be combined with any other disney cruise line promotion can't be combined with florida resident or anything like that they are currently allowing some sailings to be combined with the 50 dollars disney visa 
uh, discount, which is if you book your vacation in full using a Disney Visa, you get a $50 shipboard credit. But that's not something that I would hang your hat on as well. But you can, you will get, um, again, plug for Dreams, uh, you will get the shipboard credit that Dreams offers that on those. Mm-hmm. So, and depending on the price of your cruise or the stateroom that you're in, uh, that can be a pretty significant pretty significant amount of money on the Correct. shipboard credit. So. The problem is, is that this takes so long to explain that I fear that we're giving this more weight than it deserves. I fear that people go out and they say, well, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to wait for an IGT to come available. And when it doesn't, think about, you know, that's going to ruin your vacation. That's yeah. going to be, you won't be able to sail because it's just the ship is full. So we tell people all the time, please don't hang your hat on these. I think and there the, are, and I put one more thing I want to point out. There are whole threads on the disboards about watching for these to mm-hmm. come out. So, you know, people are, are on to this. This isn't a secret we're letting out that, oh, look, I learned this and now I can take advantage of it. People are, are going to jump on this as soon, it comes, as soon as they come out. So they go quickly. Yeah. They go within minutes of being released. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. The only other real quote unquote discount or reduction in price for booking a Disney uh, cruise line vacation is if you do what's called an onboard booking. While you're on the ship and you go to the rebooking desk, you could get a discount and a shipboard credit towards a future sale date. I say could Mm -hmm. because there are strict restrictions involved in this as well. Sale date restrictions where you might, and category stateroom restrictions where you might not get the full discount and the full shipboard credit. Tracy, do you want to go over onboard bookings? Or do you want me to? uh... I will. And remind me when I'm done onboard bookings, I also want to mention Florida resident rate and military discounts as well. Okay. So with the onboard bookings, currently they're offering 10% discount on your new cruise. Uh, You do have to sail on that sailing within 18 months of the date you booked it. There's usually also an onboard credit involved, which will range from $100 to $200, depending on the length of the cruise that you're booking. And also, you're going to pay 10% uh, deposit on sailing seven nights or longer. If the sailing is under seven nights, you're going to pay the the traditional 20% deposit. We can also move these onboard bookings once they're booked. So if you book a date and change your mind or you're not sure when you're going to sail, we can move them. The discount will follow as long as you're still within the 18 months. There's a new policy that came out. Uh, December 13th of 2013, there are now blackout dates. Mm-hmm. So what they can say is your onboard booking, no, the discount no longer applies to certain sale dates. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. I don't want to read them off on the show, but you can find them on the Diz for sure. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's something that you're also now gambling. You used to be able to book a, a, cru- a future cruise and sort of hold it. Mm-hmm. Forever, right? You get dummy reservations. Right, we call them dummy reservations, and just keep moving them forward and forward. Now, not only do you have to travel within eighteen months of the original booking, it might fall on a date that's blacked out. And it, and if you booked before that new policy, they're giving you twenty-four months, correct, to sail. So the dummy date you book, if you booked a like a three-night dummy date, and you end up want to transfer that to a seven-night, you can do that, and the discount will follow. Mm-hmm. That is correct. It will. Yep. Correct. All right. So then go on to really what are the other discounts are out there, Tracy? Florida resident, military? Uh, the other two are Florida resident and military. 
And both of those discounts we're seeing very last minute. They're very similar where they're usually coming in after final payment 30 to 45 days before sailing. And the intention again is to fill a ship that hasn't been yet filled. So with those, with the Florida resident, Disney will still at this point allow us to add them to an existing reservation. So that if, even if it comes out after you've booked, after you've made final payment, we can apply that Florida resident discount to your reservation and then you would fax in proof within 24 hours or 48 hours perhaps of your Florida residency. With the military discount, it works very much like the IGTOGT we were talking about. That cannot be applied to existing reservations. That is new reservations only. And how significant are the, uh, are the savings for military families when they, when they get the military rate? I would say they probably range 20 to 30 percent. Um, they can be higher or lower. We typically see them on the shorter sailings. It's a lot more rare to see them on the Fantasy, for example. Uh, they are there occasionally. Florida resident is probably more significant than that. Um, the thing about both of these is often like a veranda category will be the same price for all of them. So you may get, you know, you could get a 4A for the same discounted price that a 6B might be. So they can be significant savings. When we talk about Disney Cruise Line and we talk about discounts and savings and, and you know, trying to save money on it, we're kind of using vernacular that I think we should explain. And part of that is the stateroom categories. You want to talk a little bit about how stateroom categories work and pricing works based on that, Tracy, or do you want me to do that? Sure. There's a number of ways that pricing is determined. So it starts with the basics. It starts with whether your cabin is inside with no window, whether it's ocean view with a window of varying sizes, and then whether or not you have a balcony. So there's a number of categories within that range. So starting with a standard inside um, stateroom would have no window, it would not have the split bathroom, a little bit smaller. And then you can move up to a deluxe inside that would still have no window, but be a little bit bigger with the split bathroom. So there's a number of categories within each type of, of stateroom. And within those, they will be based on, typically the size will be sometimes different, for the most part, they're going to, the differences are going to be location on the ship, what deck they're on. Sometimes, for example, um, you know, on an Alaska sailing, a 9B or 9C down on deck two can be as much as a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars less than the exact same stateroom in a 9A up on deck. You know, maybe six or seven. So there's a lot of variety of pricing based on how high you are going on the ship. There's so that's also- another way to save money is by maybe accepting a lower, a lower deck and you're going to save some money. Same thing when we get to the verandas, there's varying types. We have the regular verandas that are, will maximum of four. And then we get into the families that will sleep up to five, and those are your category fours. Um, you want to pay attention to the category seven A's on the classic ships. Those are your navigator verandas, kind of an enclosed veranda. But if the veranda is important to you, the navigator veranda for three people or less may be an option because you're going to save a little bit of money on it. Right. By one, having that enclosed verandas open air. One of the things that's happened on the newer ships and also on the rehab for the Magic is that Disney has made uh, inside staterooms of what they're calling Magic portholes. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that have this sort of video screen inside where you can see outside. So the phenomenon we're seeing is that these are actually going up in price faster than a regular porthole room. So that's something to watch too is, you know, someone might say, well, why is my 
you know, category eight stateroom more than if I wanted a seven, it's because of popularity of that stateroom. And then only Disney could make yeah. inside staterooms mm-hmm. more right. successful than outside staterooms. And, you know, when they talk about the magic porthole, it's like a, it's a, a large video screen that is on the wall that is linked to cameras that are outside the ship. So you're seeing everything in real time. You're seeing what's outside the ship in real time. And, you know, except they'll add like little things like, you know, Mickey swimming by or, you know, some characters will pop up. So these things are, you know, really very cool. And they add uh, quite a bit of of character to the room, add some light to the room. Um, And they're, you know, they're cool. And people book them. People book them. People want them and they'll get them. And in some cases, like John was saying, they're spending more for one of these than a room with an actual porthole. Which is, you know, kind of, kind of bizarre. It's kind of, it's kind of Disney brilliance. <laughs> exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you know, there really are two, two styles of ships that we're dealing with, with Disney. We have the newer ships, which are the dream and the fantasy versus what Disney refers to as the classic ships. I call them the old ships, uh, the wonder and the magic. Are there pricing differences between the classic ships and the, the, the new ships? It's depending on what itineraries they're sailing, mostly. Um, well, the, comparing uh, apples to apples. Big chunk of you the know. winter, we saw the Wonder going out of Miami, so those were considerably less than what we were seeing the Port Canaveral, Bahamas, and Caribbean sailings being. Um, now, when the Wonder is in Vancouver doing Alaska, obviously its pricing is reflecting Alaska. It's hard to do uh, an apples to apples. The Magic and the apples. Fantasy and the Dream were all going out of Port Canaveral for a while, and they were... Um, they were pricing quite similar. The Magic, once it was redone, the pricing on some of the sailings I've been pricing, it's actually more to sail on the Magic than the Fantasy, I think because of some of the updates they've done. Wow. Right. So it's really varying from sailing to sailing. Right. The excitement over the Magic being rehabbed is something that affects price for that ship. But yeah, again, it's hard. To, it's really hard to really do a, apples to apples because of the itinerary. You know, We mentioned these brand new uh, 2015 sailings. Um, we saw pricing that I don't know I've, if I've ever seen on some cruises. So, and Disney got it. They, they were, people were spending it. Uh, Tracy, one of the notes you passed along to us before the show, which I thought was really interesting, is that um, you're, seeing, uh, you're seeing some scenarios where doing back-to-back three- and four-night sailings uh, are cheaper, coming out to be cheaper, basically, than doing a seven-night sailing. On, on the fantasy. Now, of course, that means you end up going to Nassau twice. You're not going to St. Thomas, and you know, or depending on Eastern or Western Caribbean, but you're still getting seven nights on the Dream, which is you know a beautiful ship in in its own right. How much of a difference in price would you say there is between doing a straight seven day sailing versus a back to back three and four? Again, it's varying based on time of year, but I know the one that I've done recently, that family was saving about $1,700 in doing a back-to-back Bahamas on the Dream over doing the same date, seven night on the Fantasy. And this Now, makes... part of that was the Fantasy is just, it's demanding more money in the summer. People are thinking they need to do that seven night, and they're not as much doing the three and four nights in the summer months. And so, but in this case, it was a savings of almost $1,800. Wow. There's also a, a port issue here, too, is that you know, if you do a three and a four, you actually cut out, what, one port 
out of the itinerary. You're going to Castaway Key twice on a back-to-back, so that will affect the price as well. The less port, I think port stops you have, the... True, you're not paying the port charges. Right. But I think two visits to Castaway Key is a selling point. Yeah. They have what they call double-dip cruises, mm-hmm. which are going to Castaway Key twice. These are some of the most popular sailings. The, the only downside I can think of that is I would imagine you have to get off the ship and get back on, go through customs and all that stuff. That's true. You actually don't. No. Oh. No, that's right. right. And oh. a lot of times no, they let you keep it, the, the same The first state time room. they have it, you set up as a back-to-back and you stay on in between. You keep, usually we try to book people in the same stateroom when possible. They do have to leave the ship for a short period of time. They stay in the terminal. And then they can come back in, usually sooner than anybody else, actually. Mm-hmm. That so was one it, of the differences. Disney actually, it's yeah. very convenient to do a back-to-back. They used to be usually able to stay on the whole time. Sorry, John. Sorry. It's the, um, with the new five-night double dip that came out, people were so excited about those because everybody wants that double stop in Castaway. But it's actually coming out cheaper for a lot of people to do seven nights, do three and four back-to-back, than it is to do one of those five nights. Mm-hmm. Also, this depends on your itinerary. Being able to stay in the terminal and just get back on the ship is a Port Canaveral thing. This is not true when you visit other ports where the, like for instance, the European cruises, I've been told that chances are very good. You Even if you're doing back-to-back cruises, you will have to get off the ship and re-enter. Go through customs and then come back in. Right. I mean, this yeah, policy yeah, is actually. Sure. Yeah, I am. I am talking about the Port Canaveral stuff. This policy has actually changed over the years. You used to be able to stay on the whole time, then they made you get off and then check out and check back in. So the new one is they can stay in the in the terminal, which is very convenient. Um. So I think that you know we talk about the things that are, you can do as far as a booking on a cruise to save money, but I think there's also things you can do when you're actually on the cruise. Or what's part of the cruise that, you know, while a Disney Cruise Line is a vacation is very expensive, you might be able to do some things that sort of save money. And I know, Tracy, you had mentioned a bunch of items that um, you had listed a couple of things that you thought about the value of a Disney Cruise Line vacation. Yeah, I think it's very important when you're talking about the pricing of a Disney cruise vacation is to really know that you're not necessarily comparing apples to apples when comparing it to another cruise line. I am a platinum Disney cruiser, but I've also sailed numerous times on another cruise line. So I am very familiar with both. She won't even mention the name. I find without doubt when I get off a cruise on another line, my what I've spent on board is higher than what I spent no on a cruise line. No question. I agree with yeah. that wholeheartedly. Yeah, and part of it is because there's a casino and that hurts. <laughs> but some of it is also just because there's more opportunities uh, to spend money. And I find other cruise lines are, I don't want to use the phrase nickel and dime because it sounds negative, but they are kind of nickel and diming me a little bit more no than qu- what Disney Cruise does. There's no question. You know, I've said this, you know, I love Royal Caribbean. I will go ahead and say the words. Um, I love Royal Caribbean. And we've had some amazing experiences. I think the Oasis of the Seas is an absolutely stunning ship. It's a very different experience than Disney. But no question that my, even with taking the casino out of the equation altogether, my onboard charges on a Royal Caribbean ship are higher than they are on Disney. Because you are being nickel and dimed. Every time you turn around, you're getting nickel and dimed. Um, and I'm not saying it's not worth it. You know, Royal Caribbean stance is that we just give you the option of what you want to buy, and that's why the cruise is cheaper. You don't have to do those things. You but... don't have to do those things. But, you know, are you going to drink anything 
you know, soda, water, you know, anything. If you are, well, then you're going to pay for it. Uh, whereas on, you know, on Disney Cruise, sodas are free. Um, and if you're getting them up on deck, the sodas are free. Um, am I, I'm right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sodas are also free on Disney with your meal. Correct. On Royal Caribbean, soda is not included in with your meal. Correct. And you like, have to buy a soda package if you want soda. On Disney, it. if you're ordering a soda from the bar, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay the bar price for the soda. But if you're getting it up on deck from the soda stations or with your meal, you don't pay for it. So there are things like that. So, But, I mean, there's also, you know, there's the value of the Disney experience. Um, you know, Disney is a very unique brand. And it has a very unique, the, the ships are unique, and the experiences on the ships are unique. And while other cruise lines, Royal Caribbean in particular, have gone to great lengths to try and offer kids' services and kids' clubs, they, they, can't, they just don't do it as well as Disney does. We had uh, one of our, I remember one of our, uh, one of our listeners joined us on our disc cruise. Uh, Lizzie Anderson. The, yeah. The Andersons joined us, yeah. And, uh, and I know it wasn't really... For their kids, they found that um, there was more to keep their kids busy with Disney. They felt their kids wanted to be in the clubs more with Disney. But also it's important to note on Royal Caribbean and and many other cruise lines, outside of the basic, we're going to watch your kids during these hours, you're paying for kids' clubs. So if it's after 9 o'clock, you're paying per hour per child. Right. Whereas on Disney, you're not. Um, The other thing to mention as well, I find with Disney Cruise Line, you're paying for the first class experience up front. So the meals that you're getting in the dining room, the three restaurants for the rotational dining, these are all things you're paying for up front. I find the dining experience on Royal Caribbean to be a little bit more generic in the dining room. Correct. Which makes me want to upgrade to the specialty restaurants even more. So again, that adds to the expense. It's kind of, in my head, I kind of explained it to clients like this. If you're going to stay at Disney World and you're booking a moderate resort with, um, you know, your plus dining plan, you've got the options to upgrade where you want to. And so that price isn't going to compare to if you booked a monorail resort with a deluxe plan and maybe a platinum plan where everything is all included. That's the experience you're getting with Disney. So you're getting everything included. Not everybody needs everything. So that's where the decision comes in per family. Uh, I think one of the biggest expenses that people have on a cruise, depending on Know, what you like to do on a cruise or not, especially oh. for Disney, is alcohol, yeah. right? Our bar ba- bills are usually pretty high. Disney Cruise Line's policy on bringing alcohol on the ship or bringing your own drinks on the ship has changed over the years. Yeah, I have got their current policy, so I think this is something that might help some people save some money. Um, adults, Adult guests ages 21 and older can bring alcohol on board following the, if, uh, following the guidelines that are below. Alcohol, alcohol brought on board may not be consumed in any lounge or public area. Uh, guests who arrive in the dining room with a bottle of champagne or wine that has to be brought on board, that has been brought on board, will be charged a corking fee of $20 per bottle. Beverages must be packed in your carry-on. Correct. Which does not exceed 22 inches wide, 14 inches high, and 9 inches in deep. So they are limiting how much... You can. Uh, you can't bring your keg. No. Coolers uh, filled with personal items, soda, alcohol, chips, candy may not be brought on board. Um, and Disney Cruise Line reserves the right to remove anything from your luggage at any time. So if you think you're going to get around this and put a couple bottles in your 
uh, checked luggage, yeah. they have the right Those to Those x-ray machines see that. Yep. But this is a way that if you don't want to pay you know, ridiculous prices and you want to bring a couple of bottles of wine on your cruise. Or even so- hard liquor. I mean, that's exactly. stuff, that stuff's very expensive on make board. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. You can save a lot of money yeah. bringing your alcohol on board. I mean, provided you're not a flaming alcoholic that has to drink a fifth of rum every day. Hi. But if you're on a seven-night um, cruise. Then, you know, yeah. the, you, which, you know you're or talking. Or three-night. <laughs> what you know in terms of in terms of what you know the average person would would drink on a cruise um if you can carry that on it saves a lot of money i mean the average drink in, on, at a bar on the cruise you're looking at at least 10 bucks so you know that adds up when you're doing that three or four times every night and if you don't have to do that and you can bring it on with you, I mean, that's a significant, mm-hmm. significant savings. They do offer things like wine packages where you can purchase your wine in advance for each meal. I'm not a wine drinker. I don't know. If the this... markup on those wines. Yeah. It's just like right. in any restaurant. The markup on those wines is extraordinary. I mean, it is extraordinary. <laughs> We're talking 100, 100 to 200% markup on a bottle of wine, which you're going to get on a cruise ship or even in a restaurant, too. I mean, it's not just cruise lines. Versus what you're going to pay for it if you go get the exact same bottle of wine at your local liquor store. Now, I do have to say that other cruise lines offer you the opportunity of paying for your drinks in advance. You can buy on a Royal Caribbean ship, you can buy an unlimited drink packet. Correct. It's not cheap. No, it shouldn't be. But it, I think it was $75 a, what was it, $75 a day? I don't remember. Per person, but, yeah. Yeah. But that meant... And there were restrictions. I mean, you couldn't order the, the top-shelf stuff if you were just ordering mixed drinks, but you can prepay that. That allows you to know what your bar right. bill is going to exactly. be. Exactly. We also had some folks on a cruise that we were traveling who actually sort of tested this, and they believed that they got their money's worth. Hmm. You know, certain drink a day, they would say, look, now I've kind of gotten my money's worth. Beer drinkers seem to think that the package that was meant for them was worthwhile. They drank enough beers to see that it was... Um, that the profitable is not the right word. That it financially it worked out better. Right, it would exactly. have been. It's better than if you had bought it at the bar. Right, if you purchased beer by beer. Again, that's not Disney Cruise Line. Disney right, exactly. Let's be clear about that. I want to make sure that people understand too. I think we've talked about this many times in the past, but your gratuities are always added to your bar bill. Whatever you buy at the bar, it's going to be on that. Plus, there's another little line that says gratuity. So be aware that they've already added the gratuity to it. Don't double tip unless you particularly like the bartender or you're getting really good service right Uh, they don't make it very clear that the gratuity is included because it'll be when you look at your receipt it'll be there but then down where the signature is there's a line for tips so if you're not paying attention you're going to think oh the tip's not included and you leave an extra tip this is also true in the coffee bar where you pay for your coffee drinks right exactly but so, like I said, you know, it's not it's it's a lot more strategy than it is uh, looking for a particular event. Um, and part of any good strategy for uh, getting the most out of a Disney Cruise Line vacation or finding discounts is absolutely uh, spending time on the Disney Cruise Line forum on disboards.com. Uh, those are the most knowledgeable people out there, uh, with the possible exception of my agents. Um, but. These folks are watching everything that goes on. The information is is right up to the second. They are they're on top of everything. Um, people share a lot of strategies and a lot of tips about how to save money on on your vacation 
on your Disney Cruise vacation. So you absolutely should check out, if you haven't already, uh, the Disney Cruise Line forums on Disboards. And I would say WDW Info. We have a whole big section Mm -hmm. about cruising. And if it's your first time, um, we have a lot of good (laughs) suggestions. And when's the best time of the year to book? So we have a lot of great information on our site, too. Absolutely. I also want to say real fast that, um, you know, transportation, depending on how many people are going on the cruise, you might do better off um, not going with the Disney motor coach and going with the town car company. Um, You know, you pay per person on the motor coach. I think it's $70 $70 per person for a round trip. So you can end up, if you have four or more people, you can actually get a, a town car or a van and come out cheaper on that. We, uh, the pricing I'm using is for FL Tours. They're an advertiser on the site. But so for five people, round trip. Let's get all the plugs in this segment as we yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so honestly, this is one of the reasons we do business but, with them. But you though. figure, say you have six people, you know, the Disney's going to charge you 414 bucks for that, where you can have a $260 van, you save 154 bucks, And so... You know, the, if the more and you're not with a bunch of people you don't know. Yeah, you're in a, <laughs> you know, you're in a van it's, or it's yours. It's, you know, so people have also found that renting a car and driving yeah. is also, but you have to rent a car and drive it and return it. Yeah, well, uh, but that's uh, going to be um, it's going to be changing soon when they open up the rental counter at uh, that's Port going Canaveral. To change the face mm-hmm. of things. It is. It's going to be a big. Uh, Big challenge, I think, to transportation companies as well. I, I think so. When uh, when they when they do that, but there are a lot of a lot of strategies we've covered. We've covered some of the big ones here, uh, and like I said, on the boards and on the on the Diz, uh, there are lots of lo- lots more information that you can check out. So please be sure to do that, and we will con- uh, contain links to everything we talked about here on our show notes page, DizUnplugged.com. We want to thank the lovely and talented Miss Tracy Heinrichs for uh, taking time from recovering from the 2015 <laughs> cruise release to join us. And uh, John and Kevin, for, for your uh, participation. We appreciate it. That's going to do it for our segment this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week. 